Scallywags, scoundrels, rogues, and rebels, Asylum Studios is pleased to present a show that will bend your mind, scramble your morals, and ruin your good taste. This is not a show to take home to your mother and definitely not one for the children. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chaos and Disorder. Well, I can't speak for the show itself, but if anybody could have heard what was going on before this show, now that's funny. So we, we need to get the live studio audience in here. But welcome into Chaos and Disorder. I am Fligger, the octogenarian across the table from me is Rick Briggs. Check out the show at Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters, Chaos and Disorder podcast on Facebook, and email the show at chaosanddisorderpod at gmail.com. You better believe it, and thank you, Andy Frampton. You can check out where Andy's shows are near you by looking him up on Facebook and TikTok, at Bronco Swanson. And thanks, Rival Lovers, for the great intro music, man. You can find them at Rival Real Rival Lovers on Twitter and on Bandcamp, my favorite Your spot. Your favorite website. R- Rick is a, a frequenter of the Bandcamp, so I'll tell you what. I am exhausted. Rick's out of beer already, so I guess this is a good time to make the announcement that Finkelstein is back. He is off of suspension. Thank God. He is off of suspension. When, boy? When are you going to get your act together? We've said that many yeah, times. So, so today's going to be a big test to see if he can get the whole way through the show without another suspendable flub. But he came in. <laughs> he paid his penance. You, you'll hear from our good oh, friends. Man. I had forgot... I put out the call for hot dogs from the chop shop last week on the show. I should really listen to the show. I bet you I would enjoy it. But I forgot I'd put out the call, and here comes Finkelstein walking through the door with what has to be the greatest chili cheese dogs I've ever had. And it has to be, I mean, if it's not the greatest sponsor in the world. Yeah. I, I mean, it's simple as that. The chop yeah. shop and Butler PA. And I mean, it, no doubt about it. Just a hot dog. And, the and, best cheese sauce I've ever had. That is... The closest thing to gourmet, right? That, that you can get by eating a frankfurter. Let me tell you, <laughs> I don't know why frankfurter's <laughs> funny, but it is. I have no idea why. There's probably a penis joke in there somewhere. Do you know but why know. there are like frankfurters and wieners? <laughs> Nature? I don't know. No, that the the original hot dog. You know, How we, do you know this type we, of stuff? We refer to the, uh, as the hot dog. Okay. Is that a frankfurter or a wiener? Well. Is there a difference? I there, have a feeling there he'll used get there. to be a difference. Oh, okay. Because they were different recipes, and they were made in Weiner, Germany, or Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, well, that's was, not funny. They were more of a, like a sausage type of deal. I do like sausage. Yeah. And, and they had different spices and different flavors. And actually, a frankfurter was not the same thing as a wiener, but they are now. <laughs> so you are perpetual. This, this is what we have to look forward to. And any of you listeners in your 20s, you think you're going to grow out of it? An 83-year-old man has giggled three times when he said the word wiener. This is fantastic. I love it. We will never mature. We will never grow up. I love it. <laughs> the only reason I laugh is because when I say wiener, both your guys' eyes start to sparkle and you start suppressing laughs. Well, well we know I'm stupid, so that's the type of humor well, yeah. I like. But, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, this Larry was a, and Curly is my favorite right. three names. Uh. But so th- this was a brilliant move by the chop shop. Th- th- this is an underrated move. So it was the hot dogs, the frankfurters, the wieners, he he, <laughs> in their own package. 
the buns in their own package, yeah. and then the cheese and the chili separate. Oh. Nothing I hate worse than when a hot dog, it's a pretty good trip from the chop shop out here to the studios. So what will happen is, is there's nothing worse. I don't know why, because it all goes together anyhow, but this is a weird thing in my head. If you have a hot dog in the bun, as it cools, then when you go to open it up to put the chili and cheese or whatever you're putting on it, then that little film of the bun sticks to it when you pull it off, and it makes your hot dog look all hurting. That's terrible. Well, so this is a brilliant the move. Chili they and think cheese of, on the right. bun's all soggy, right? They think know, of everything at the I chop know. shop. It is. They're, 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 they're freaking geniuses. brilliant. So get your ass down in the chop yeah. shop in Butler. They're brilliant. B- yes, billiant. they are brilliant. We're well, going to keep doing that shtick, huh? Yeah. Does he actually go by Billiam, or is this some corny thing you, you, you have going it's, on? It's my pet name for no. him. No. Well, maybe we shouldn't go with no, it. No, we don't, we don't want to yeah, do he that. He did get suspended once. Yeah, and, and not for that, but I still no. believe this is, these are suspendable uh, uh, things. So before we get started, i got to tell you, I never watch any movies. Uh-huh. I caught the end of and you're going to appreciate this. Right. I only caught like the last 20 minutes of it, okay. but I couldn't turn it off. It was a Rodney Dangerfield movie. Oh, there's a magic word right there. Called Old School. Oh, yeah. It was freaking hilarious. It was so stupid. The only thing I remember, because, again, I caught it at the end, and he was apparently had to enter a diving competition. I don't know. For some reason, they pulled him out of the crowd to dive. I I don't know what happened. Been a while. I forget why they pulled him out. And so, so what he does is rather than do a normal dive, apparently at this diving pool, whatever they call it, there's like nine layers of high dive. So he dived from one down to the next, down to the next, down to the next. But what was fun about it, I like movies that don't give a shit. All right. And apparently, old school didn't give a shit. So as they're doing this, you see Rodney Dangerfield up on the high dive doing like the bounce thing every right. diver does. And then they show him in the air. Now, Rodney Dangerfield in this movie was conservatively 75 years old and 300 pounds. <laughs> the guy doing the dive was conservatively 23 with abs. <laughs> so yeah. you see that guy? All they had, they put a gray wig on the guy. What well, makes it even more funny <laughs> right. because you know it's not and, Rodney. And then he hits the next one because, like I said, he's from stepping himself down. It was really weird. And then it's Rodney Dangerfield there again and then when he springs in the air it's the 23 year old dreamboat and it's just the whole way down and i had my teeth out laughing it was hilarious so i might have to go back and explore more of this movie i probably won't but i I was laughing i enjoyed it anything but i thought it would make you happy that i watched 20 minutes of a rodney danger because you you pick quality right there with rodney dangerfield i mean that is what is he doing oh Oh, i I earned a yay all right I mean, it's I'm also old. back to school, not old school. Oh, you know, oh you, yeah, old you school. Just, that yay. was a good movie, though. You my boy, Blue. That was a good one. I did watch that one. You can just yeah. You don't have to stop the conversation That's mid, true. mid-verse yeah, to you, put in your yay. We'll hear it. Yeah, you, you should be less uh, distracting over there. I'm not listening. More hot dogs, less distracting. But the hot dog's great. No squid. Oh, man. Yeah, no, we nothing weird on tonight, them. tonight, which yeah. is good. Maybe we should eat squid sometime. I wonder what it tastes like. I have. I'm not going to. I love calamari. Is that squid? Now, is that squid or octopus or both? I think it's just squid, but sometimes they make it in octopus. Okay, then what is octopus? Just octopus? I believe. Okay. (laughs) Well, Then why did they call squid calamari? It's a... Because who would eat it if they called it squid? I mean, calamari I'd rather, sounds I'd rather exotic. much know at least, okay, this is a squid. Do I want to eat a squid? 
Squid you, sounds like something you, you like do in the bathroom calamari. after you eat too many oh, hot dogs. Oh my, yes, I like to well, try yeah, some calamari. It's so douchey people I mean, can say they're eating squid. Balls for all I know, I don't. I want to know what it is. Well, you know, so squid. There you go. All right, so let, let's, uh, I guess, get into the show. If the, that wasn't the show, I'm not sure what it was. A really weird commercial for the for the chop shop, <laughs> what I think it was. I kind of like to start off with, with, with something that, that, that's disturbing. Okay, disturbing there, to you or to society in general? Well, probably to everybody in the studio. Oh, okay. Um, a Virginia police officer was shot during an attempt to catch an escaped cow. The cow shot him? Well, that's what I thought at first. Okay. So obviously, I, you had to read further. Oh well, I, I don't read beyond headlines. I read headlines um, and then I read. This was tweet in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, he was in stable condition, thankfully. You know, having accidentally been shot during attempt to stop a loose cow. Okay. Officers were responding to an animal complaint Saturday night after a cow escaped a stockyard earlier in the day. The Harrisonburg Police Department said that the cow was found near a 7-Eleven a short time after the call. Obviously yeah, getting some smokes you, or something. Yeah, if you finally think. broke out of jail, it's straight to 7-Eleven. Right. Smokes, a Slurpee, some Slim Jims, obviously. Officers intervened after ranchers were unable to capture and contain the cow. Pretty good ranchers. Yeah. An officer was struck by a bullet in the lower body and transferred to UVA Medical Center for not, not long, uh, non-life-threatening injuries. Where'd the bullet come from? Well, that's the thing. They don't tell us? They don't know whether the officer was shot by a fellow officer or by someone else trying to stop the cow or the cow itself. And because of injuries sustained (laughs) during the attempt to wrangle the animal, authorities decided to euthanize the cow anyway. So after all that, they just shoot the cow. So instead of shooting policemen, they should have just shot the damn cow. Yeah, why didn't they start with the cow then? Yeah, I don't know. What's the point of going to... uh, How much... Really, how hard could this cow have been to catch, right? I don't, I don't understand it. Does this well, thing cows, run 60 miles an hour? Well, cows are extremely strong. I mean, Yeah, I grew up on a beef farm. You stand in front of it and basically go, whoo, and at least it'll turn around. You get enough people in front of it, it's going to stop. Yeah, you'd think so. we got to shoot a cop and the cow to get the thing to stop? What the hell's yeah, going on in Yeah, but you know what? He was stuck in the stockyard. If that cow is having a nicotine fit, well, that's true. You're not going to scare him well, away from Seven Eleven. If they'd have let him finish his shopping, maybe he'd have <laughs> calmed down. That's a good, yeah. Let it, let him have a quick uh, lucky strike and eat a or slim maybe gym just and get some back to it. instead of his cut. I don't know. What I just do don't you know. know how does a police officer get shot and nobody can ascertain yeah, nobody where the shot who came. shot him. <laughs> I mean, how many bullets were flying around? Okay, who shot the gun? Right. You know, check the firearms. Oh well. It's very but that, strange. that was a disturbing story. Yeah, it, it really is. I, there, there's more questions than answers. That's exactly. terrible we're, journalism. We're going to stay on top of that. we got two reporters heading to Virginia now yeah. to get on Where's that. Harrisonburg? I feel like I've been through That's there. in northern Virginia. Actually, I used to um, deal with a, a seed and fertilizer company a lot when I was in Richmond. Yeah, they were based in Harrisonburg. It was actually Wetzel Seed. I, don't, I think they were bought out. I've they heard had, of Wetzel's Seed. Yeah, because yeah. they had a plant up here in the Pittsburgh area okay, as well. that's probably why. Right. But, um, yeah, that's where it is. It's northern Virginia. So uh, it must be out towards Winchester or something if there's still farmland out there. Yeah, actually, I think it's west of Winchester. You know, Also even further west. Yeah. Okay, that's probably mm-hmm. why on my way to the beach I probably drive past the exit on 81. Probably. Not that anybody knows where that is. This is terrible, terrible radio. Why? Northwest of Charlottesville. 
Oh, so it's down a little further south than I was picturing. Yeah. Okay. It's on the northern border, but I guess it comes down. Yeah. All right. I, I see where we're at now. So I would have been through. Anyhow, I'm not going to go into that. So the NCAA tournament rig. Well, we must talk about this. Yes, but, hey, we must. Thanks talk about for it. everybody that has that jumped into the tournament here. Um, we got thirty people in the matter of hours, and just think if we had a competent producer who to put it out a week in advance, like yeah. we had hoped for on a website that anybody had ever heard of. <laughs> right. Imagine the numbers we got. We forty in the la- just in the last couple of hours. Yeah. yeah. It, so that was good. Yeah. How, the bad how did, part is, oh, okay, is the tournament itself. Yeah, <laughs> I can't decide if I really like this or it annoys me. And the problem is, I don't think I'm going to know to the end. It, so, hear me out here. So, the upsets are always great. The problem is, when you get upsets to this level, now we've got teams going into the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, and probably somebody in the Final Four that has no chance of matching up with Gonzaga or Michigan. Now, that sounds dumb to say because we've just watched teams like this fall and fall and fall. Essentially, what it's setting up to do, Rick, I think it's almost pretty obvious. We should have just gone chalk. The two best teams by far all year were Gonzaga and Baylor. I feel like they've got to play in the championship. But for pure entertainment value, if you don't care about your bracket or an idiot like me, forget to submit your bracket into your own show's bracket pool <laughs> and uh, so you can give up on caring about your bracket, it was four days of really fun basketball to watch. It, it really was. Yeah, if you really don't have a dog in the fight, it's actually more fun than having a bracket and watch your picks just get disintegrated. <laughs> but, no, you're right. I mean, but but some of the... The beauty of this tournament was watching, uh, you know, as much as I didn't like it because of my bracket, I loved watching Purdue get dismantled. I mean, this was a dark horse number four seed. That's a team I put in the final four, and I felt confident about it. I mean, you know, they have big men. They could shoot from the outside, and they looked like they never played a, a competent basketball team before. Uh, Illinois was the exact same way, and it's it, it's starting. And you, we watched Ohio State. It's really telling tale about the quote unquote strongest conference in basketball, isn't it? As it the makes Big Ten has wonder. one left, it, it really makes you wonder. That conference was so good all year. Now hindsight compared to each other, that's the thing, and that's what I was about to say. Hindsight being twenty twenty, we forget they played very little non conference competition, and so. We watched them play really well against themselves, and they went deep in the conference, but it, it doesn't seem to have translated. I don't know if it says anything about the conference in reality, but who had the Pac-12 being undefeated at this point? I mean, that's the unfortunate part for us of them playing all their games at 1 o'clock in the morning. I don't have a sense for the, the Pac-12 that I probably should. But it, it, it seems kind of weird that, out of the Pac-12, we had what? UCLA, USC, Oregon State. Oregon. In Oregon. I think that's everybody. I think that's it. Is Colorado in the Pac-12 now? Uh, yes. Yeah, so they I just they went are. out, so they finally did have a loss. So they did have five. Okay. Um, but, but I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you see some of these mid-majors, you know, whatever, you know, pick a record, you know, this isn't a good year because they played so many weird number of games. But say somebody 
one of these teams was 15 and 6, had no chance of getting in. Right. And yet, then you look at an Oral Roberts and you look at my favorite word, Loyola. Loyola. Wait yes. till you guys hear, get off my lawn. You can hear a stroke live on the air. <laughs> well, fortunately, I redid it, so it's a little <laughs> bit better. That's a tough word to say. Loyola. <laughs> but no, I mean, you look at some of these teams going through the big boys. It lends a lot of credence to these mid-majors. Maybe they ought to pay a little attention to the true competitive nature of it instead of just who draws the most money. Right. Well, Which it th- won't. And there's, there's your, therein lies the problem, right? And there lies the rub. Yeah. That was the name of a show one time. I think it was. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the I, I forget who said it, right? But somebody famous at one time said, the answer to all of your questions is money. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's what it is here. You know, in, in hindsight being 2020, and I think we talked about it last week, either on the show or when you and I were talking before the show, that Loyola, if they had gotten seeded appropriately, an eight seed was way too low for them. That's a team that was primed to make another run. I mean, they were, what, two, 2018, so three seasons, I guess, removed from being in a Final Four. Just wrecking people. The style of basketball they play is still no excuse for a team as talented as Illinois to lose to them. And, you know, I spent. Not in the fashion that they did. No, just get up by 10 to 15 and never relinquish it. And Loyola is the type of team I love, right? Because the the team that makes the, the crazy run in the tournament every year always has that weird looking dude. So, of course, Loyola has that center who looks like he's 45 years old, is going bald. I mean, the guy looks yeah. like you, essentially, and he's out there dominating Kofi Colburn, who I, in my mind, was probably the best player skill-wise at the center position in the entire NCAA this year, and he just ate his lunch for 40 straight minutes. It's I, I love yeah, to see Yeah, never let up. How about their their head coach, Porter Moser, though? I mean, he takes the team to a Final Four two seasons ago, gets offered every job in the country, turns it down. He's about to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this guy, am it's, I wrong? Was Loyola, Loy, now I'm struggling yeah. with it because I'm thinking of you swallowing your tongue. No, you're Was not. Loyola, to Chicago, a power like way back in the 50s or 60s or something? Maybe. I feel like there's a history there, but I can't remember where I heard that. It, it's very possible. I don't know. We'd have to look back on it. If we had a producer, we'd already had this pulled up. Well, but, that's true. You know, he'd have known um, it. He'd have looked at the he'd have looked at the prep sheet and had all this information ready for us because I, I take but copious you notes look at before just the show. Everything that you said about Loyola, they were an eight seed, and then you look at well, the, okay, they're nine seed competitor. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was no more a nine seed than. Austin P. Yeah, I mean, Ge- they were horrible. Georgia Tech was terrible all year. They were. Terrible. They, were, they weren't any good, but they were, you know, they were the ACC. Well, they had to get some representative in because Duke didn't want to be well, in there. Well, they won the tournament. You know, so they, yeah, they got, got a bye because of Duke's Rona and then luck boxed yeah, away past right. Florida State. But they, they weren't a nine seed, but they're not going to put the ACC champion lower than a nine seed. And so and they were coming into the tournament without their best player. I mean, just you knew that was going to be a drubbing. It's just, it's just I, I just don't get some of the seedings. Obviously, a lot of these people know more than I do. But, you know, it, it's just not – just because you're an ACC team doesn't mean you're that much better. Not anymore. No, it doesn't. It's not even – Really, you're probably not even as good. 
Now, what I do wonder, so, so this year, I think we've talked about this before. I, I think you saw the, the effects of the truncated season, the, the lack of practice, the lack of preseason, the lack of non-conference games really affect the one-and-done teams, right? Duke struggled all year. North Carolina struggled all, all year. Kansas got in as a three-seed, seemed way overseeded yeah. to me. And, boy, we found out yesterday. When, who who predict, Raise your hand if you predicted USC to hang 40 on Kansas last yeah. night. And it wasn't even that close. I think you, you see the importance of – with these young guys. So I, I think we're a year or two away, Rick, of the one and done being gone. These kids are going to go straight to the pros. They're starting these other leagues for these elite prospects if they don't change the rules. You wonder what it's going to look like when everybody's going to be there two, three, and four years when we get back to the old style, if it starts to favor. And, and I would think it would if it starts to favor, again, your Dukes, your Carolinas. But I don't know. If you look at the transfer portal this year, my God, at first, and still intellectually, it makes sense to me, right? These coaches can up and leave anytime they want. Anybody else in anything in the world can up and leave and go to a bet, different, better opportunity into anytime they want, except these college athletes. So it's easy to scream and moan about how unfair it is. But then you see what happens when you kick that door open. There are hundreds of players, four- and five-star players, in this transfer portal. If this goes on, it's just going to be a free agency period every year like the NFL where every player is a free agent. I don't know what the solution is because it's not right that these kids have to sit out a year while everybody around them can do whatever they want and make money off of them. Well, you know how you you can nip that real quick. That coaches cannot get out of their contracts. Yeah. Can, can you even do that legally? Because now you're talking employment law, right? Can you do that? Well, I mean, it is a contract. It's kind of like the old, I don't know what it's like now with, with all the internet and everything, but like in the All old, the internet and everything. Well, you know what I'm saying, with the social <laughs> media and so forth. Back in the day, like some of these groups or whatever get recording contracts. Well, okay, you have a recording contract and you have to put out five albums. And you can't get out until you put out that fifth album. Right. And then it's then you're done. Well, even if it's a two year deal, okay, you know, big deal. You know, work your two years. Then negotiate with somebody else if you want to. Right. But, I mean, I, I don't see where that would be anything illegal. Yeah, I again, I don't know what the solution is. I am on the side of the players here. I just think it's going to I don't want to say it's going to dilute things necessarily, but it's just going to you think this tournament was chaos. This may become the norm oh, with I know. this, right? It, it really it really And might. you know, I'm not I know this kind of sounds you know, old-fashioned in a way, but I don't care. You're still dealing with 18, 19-year-old kids. And it's at that age, it's not a good thing to send them to wherever, Chicago, Illinois, and then all of a sudden the next year they're down in Austin, Texas, and now they're over in Raleigh, North Carolina. Right. And, and, and just because they're going to be treated more like a god at this place than at the last yeah. place they were at. You know, it, it, it sets a terrible precedent that, that these kids, they really don't get in, into anything that they're used to. And I know it's big money. 
and everything like that. But, man, I tell you what, I think it's going to be a awful rough road if they don't do something about this. Right. At the same time, I think the counter-argument to that, and that's where I get hung up because everything you said is reasonable, and these are thoughts that go through my head. But on the other side, the counter to that is these kids starting, a lot of them when they're these high D1 prospects, when they're in junior high, when they're 13 and 14 years old, they start getting recruited by these coaches. Right. And we're asking them to make a decision on where to go when they're 17, turning 18, then then expect them to fulfill four years of academics <laughs> and athletics. And, you know, at, through the recruitment process, the coaches tell them, you're the greatest player that's ever played this game. We're going to build a wing of the athletic department and name it after you. And then they get there and they find out there's nine other kids that got recruited that are as skilled or more skilled. Now they find themselves on the bench. They, uh, in reality, got recruited to be the ninth man on Duke when they could go be the number one man at Abilene Christian or something and they just want to play but we're saying no no when you were 17 and having all these sunshine and roses blown up your ass you made that commitment now you're stuck here so I I go to those two the the old school it's kind of the the old school thought that I grew up with and the the softer millennial side of me is like that gets beat into me as you know, well, he he's he made a commitment and you stick to it, right? Because that's the way I was raised. That's the way I tried to raise my kid. With the other side going, but he was just a kid. What are we doing? And I I don't know. I don't think there is a good solution. I, I really don't. I really don't either because they uh, look. The student athletes are, are nothing more than a commodity, just like the pro right. athletes any anymore. So. They're not going to be treated in a fair manner. It's no. just whoever gets the most money out of this kid for the right. four years he's in college. Right. Simple yeah. as that. And, and I get that. And I agree with everything you said, too, as, as far as, you know, he made a decision at 16, 17 years old. Why in the hell can't he make a decision to yeah. go somewhere where he's going to play? Right, with a bunch of millionaires lying to him right. the, through the I, whole thing. I so, agree. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a, a long and I think it's going to be just a, a rough, dusty road. It's, yeah. it's going to get worse way before it gets better. So I bet you were excited to see Jim Beheim go to yet another Sweet 16. I know I you're a big you Jim Beheim. I knew it. <laughs> Hell, he's liable to go to the Final Four the way they're rolling. Who knows? You, you know what it is. I, I, I've been thinking, and this isn't an original thought. I, I've heard this in the past. But, boy, it really rings true. Every single year, I mean, since Carmelo Anthony left, this team is on the on the bubble the whole season, the whole tournament season. They're on the bubble. They always get in either with this play-in game or is one of the last four in, and it annoys me. I think we need to keep them out. They just stumble around 500 in the ACC, and then they get in this tournament, and they go on runs. It just seems constantly. And it really is about that stupid, godforsaken matchup 2-3 zone that Bayheim has perfected. When you look in conference play, all these teams see this all the time. They see it at least twice a year. They practice against it. They're ready for it. They get in a tournament. Nobody else in the country, I swear, plays this. Certainly not that way. These teams can't handle it. If you watch West Virginia Sunday, they didn't know what to do with it. No. They used to be in the Big East with them. You think Huggins would have had some idea, but these players aren't used to seeing this. With these kids coming from these AAU programs, it's just up and down, up and down, simple motion offense. 
nobody plays this type of two three match. Right. The, the West Virginia, I hate. I'm a Pitt fan. I hate West Virginia, but I hate Syracuse too. I'm screaming at the TV. I don't know how many times, 40 times, West Virginia managed to feed the ball into the foul line. Those kids wouldn't take the shot. It's because it's got to be a dunk or it's got to be a three-pointer. They wouldn't take that shot. And these teams, he gets in this tournament, and this is why I don't think he's – he's a great coach, but I don't think he's some brilliant evil genius. He's just perfected this style of defense that nobody ever plays outside of his conference. These teams come in, and they can't handle it. They only get eliminated when somebody comes in and shoots 50% from three for a game. Otherwise, he's going to win. He could go to the Final Four if these coming teams can't score. You're absolutely right, and and it doesn't matter, like you said, if it's not a a dunk layup or or three-pointer, these teams don't want to shoot. And I'm like you. I sit and watch some of these games. It's like, my God, they're standing in the middle of the key. There's nobody around. Right. And he, like, passes it to the corner because it's a three-pointer. Take the two. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you know, Ugh. it's a three-point game or whatever it is, and you, it's in the first half. Take the two points. Get going. This is where I start to sound like you. Get off my lawn. It drives me insane. I watch it all season, and then you see it in the tournament, too. I, I understand the a- analytics. I, I'm smart. You know, I understand three's bigger than two. Right. But how many times this guy comes off the wing, breaks his man down, gets to the rim clean, he goes up, looks like he's going to finger roll it in, instead throws it out to the corner for, albeit an open three, which is still a 50-50 right. shot, when all you had to do was flip your finger back and there's two points. Take the two guaranteed. That well, drives me insane. I get it, too. Three is bigger than two. However, can you confirm that, ten, Finkelstein? Ten twos. Hang on, Google. All right. Ten twos are much larger than four threes. Now, see, now that you're going to have to do that cipher, and I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> Google says yes. Okay. What about the other thing he just said? I wasn't paying attention. Neither to that. was I. He talks a lot. Did it's I hear exhausting. a cipher in there? Yeah. I do my ciphering. <laughs> the ghost giggle again. Be- before you go too much further. Why? I want to go further. Wow. Oh, wow. That seemed unnecessarily mean. The, the Loyola. Loyola. In 1963, Loyola shocked the nation and changed college basketball forever by starting four black players in the NCAA championship game. Loyola's stunning upset of two-time defending NCAA champion Cincinnati in overtime by a score of 60-58. to So 1963 changed history. And them on the board. House Mazzoli. Got it. Championship. So then that must have been four. What was the team? Was it something? They call it something different now. Was it Texas State or North, something? Was North the, Texas State maybe? That was the first ever to start yeah. five They'd be black Kentucky. players. Yeah. And be, okay, so I didn't know there was a four and one before that. So that was Loyola. Interesting. Yeah, George right. Ireland broke a quote-unquote gentleman's agreement uh, not, play, not to play more than three black players at any given time, putting in Many as many as four black players on the court every game from in 1961. There was a <laughs> agreement. Doesn't sound very gentlemanly. My no. God, what a different world. Yeah. That's scary to think of. It is. I can't even fathom of that. Uh, unreal. All right, that's probably enough on the tournament. That, Speaking of distressing stories, oh, you're full of those today. And I know you were upset a couple of weeks ago when I first brought up the. Um, that Prince William was really upset with Prince Harry oh. for responding to the Queen. Why well, does here, anybody pay attention to these Here's a story here. Prince William, deeply distressed after Prince Harry shared private conversation with Gail King. 
It doesn't that, I can tell you're intrigued. Okay, <laughs> I, I am I'm going to keep do going. You, now. Do you know who Gail King is? No. Perfect. All right. I do. Who's Gail King? Should I, I know, know who she is? She's um, a reporter. I, I forget the exact show. I think it's NBC. Oh, I've seen her. Yeah. She's on some morning uh-huh. show the warden has on yes. when I get up every morning. She seems annoying to me. But anyway, Prince William isn't very happy that his brother Prince Which Harry, one's William? The older one. The one right. that Harry ought to kick his ass. Okay, yeah. Harry's the one with the hot wife that Harry's they got thrown out. Meghan Markle. Right, okay. William's with Kate. Yeah, he's with Middleton. the Stepford wife. Yeah. Uh, Why do you know so much about these royals? I read these stories because Why? they're so distressing. Oh, so you, you, you really feel this. Oh, in, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, he's royalty. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> he's royalty. I am king. Dumb question. Yeah. My bad. You got me. <laughs> okay, anyway. Harry has dominated headlines, blah, blah, blah. Not long after the interview aired, William told the press that he hadn't spoken with his younger brother about the interview. This is the one with uh, Oprah Winfrey. Mm -hmm. Days later, journalist Gail King revealed that she'd spoken with Harry, who disclosed to her that he had conversations that were, quote, unquote, not productive with William and their father, Prince Charles. The specifics of the exchange were not shared. So, I mean, he didn't really share the conversation. He just said he had non-productive conversations. I don't think I've had a productive conversation with a member of my family in 30 years. You know, as I'm told on Entertainment Tonight, William, 38, is deeply distressed with Harry and Meghan's decision to give private family conversations to King. Who do these people think they are? What do they do? Nothing. Okay, he <laughs> William is fiercely protective of his wife, Kate Middleton, after Markle denied a rumor that she made Middleton cry around the time of her wedding to Harry. Gasp. In fact, she said the reverse happened. William is unhappy with Markle's decision to name drop Middleton in the interview. Oh, so that you don't talk about my woman. He's you, that you, type you of guy. You don't respond to the queen. And I wish you I could don't do a talk British. about the Stepford wife. Yeah, what, what, what are you allowed to talk about? Crumpets? Football, I don't know. What's a crumpet? Like a little biscuit-like, cookie-like thing oh. that you have with tea. One of them hard, dry things yeah, all those English people tea, like. all soggy. And, you know, falls no wonder they're all so stuffy. They eat dumb shit. They eat squid. Squid. I bet you they love squid over there. Oh, I bet you. They're and aren't probably... they the ones that drink the room temperature beer? I think yeah. the Germans do that. Oh, German? Well, English do. I too. think they drink tea. Nah, they're a bunch of drunks, too, I think. No, that's a Scots I mean, not, not Briggs and Finkelstein drunk, but it must be all of Europe. It doesn't seem like a very fun place to live. It sounds fantastic. Well, yeah, for an alcoholic, but for... You know, anyway, prosperity and jobs. Let's and get such. back to this. We're, we're almost done with this oh, distressing story. But the future king, who is William, isn't the only one to struggle with the fallout from the interview. The source told E.T. that Queen Elizabeth II finds the situation to be very upsetting. The queen's husband, Prince Philip, is in good spirits. <laughs> Didn't he almost die or something? Yeah, he just got out of the hospital. Yeah, I fifteen times. Yeah. In two years. I mean, he's well, ninety nine. Of course, he's in good spirits. Well, yeah, I was say he's still alive. Combined four hundred and fifteen <laughs> years old. Now, if that old bag donks off, why doesn't the husband become the king? Why isn't there a king now? Why is he a prince? But that old bat's the because queen. It, because she is the direct line. 
to just because just because you marry her doesn't make you the king. Well, then what would be the point of marrying that old bag? Because you can stand around, live to be ninety nine, yeah, and just and just chase s- tail and be rich all your life. Do that a lot. I don't know what that was. <laughs> He's like no a zombie. Yeah. You just think I'm weird. Stand around like, and God, scratch I'm, I'm your looking. balls. And- Where do exactly. they get all that money from? Huh? Where are they? They're the all- British government. Taxes. So they, taxes. people pay taxes to these people, yes. but they have no political power. They exist basically only to spend the money and be douchey. Yeah. Why do they do this? It's the monarchy. I don't know. Why doesn't somebody bomb that castle? I don't think you can say that. Not. Could we do that? <laughs> no, no. What do you mean I can't no. even say that? No, you tell me I can't say. Well, don't say it if I told you. If I told you you can't say it, don't say it. Put him on the board. House Mazzoli. Got it. Championship. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but. It kind of just takes No, I want to know why I can't say the... that. That's a terroristic threat. I'm not yeah. saying let's get in my B-2 bomber and head to England. I'm just saying why hasn't anybody you, done this you yet? You literally just said, why don't we go do that? Well, we be in the U.S. government. Oh, still terroristic threat. I don't yeah, think. I don't like it. I think I have to have the authority to to put forth the action well, for it to be a true you're threat. You're the talent. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah. I would like to issue an apology for some insensitive remarks I made 18 seconds ago on a broke dick podcast that no less than 17 people are hearing. I will strive to do better. Thank the, you. The talent's comments do not reflect those of <laughs> chaos. The rest of us in this broke dick studio <laughs> no the studio is nice it's it just is. the really show is. we're producing and it sucks all right you suppose we ought to take a commercial break here i suppose we ought to if we ever get a producer to actually put one on the air well okay let's let's give him plenty of plenty of notice here so we're going to do show business on the show so would you like me mr finkelstein to play the commercial or the out music and for you to play the commercial why don't you play the music it makes it a little bit easier all right so i'm going to do that i'm going to hit the music there's a 50 50 chance then finkelstein plays the commercial and then we'll come back that volume in. you can hear yes that's, I, a, that's a plus 270 bet i bet all right i love it so i know everybody can't wait for it there's going to be more of this brilliance right after this Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect, no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate. Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you having slurped and sniffed through endless cuppings so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DEADSLED15 and take 15% off your order. Deadsledcoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. All right, welcome back in Chaos and Disorder. You know, I saw an email today in the show email box, or one of the email boxes from Dead Sled. Apparently, there's a Kiss Coffee now. Yeah. I'll tell you what, those guys, brilliant marketing. They will put their name on anything, and they sell all of it. These Kiss fans are crazy. Were you a Kiss fan? No. No? I never... 
Yeah, Rock and Roll All Night's a cool song. Yeah, I mean, they had some good songs, don't get me wrong. But beyond but, I mean, that, I never got real excited about it. I mean, I'm yeah, sure it's great coffee. Course, Head over know, to Dead Sled and the, get it. But. The song Beth was a huge hit for them. And, um, yeah, it was kind of interesting. You know you know that song, Beth. Uh, if I heard it, I yeah. probably did. Yeah, I Beth, would. I hear you calling. Okay, you know, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Apparently, and I think it was Peter Chris, I think, who sang the lead on that. Yep. It was just him. There wasn't any kiss. You know, it was just yeah, him doing that. They, they didn't even show up, you know, for the recording because it was – that's all there was was just him and a piano, I think. Oh, nice. And, uh, so that was kind of interesting thing on probably, if not the biggest hit, one of the biggest hits that they've ever Was there had. any background about the whole makeup and that nonsense? Is it just because they're all so weird-looking in real I'm life? I'm not real sure. I think a – Marketing prob- gimmick. Probably a lot of it was – you know, enhan- or inspired and then probably just, you know, went off, you know, the Alice Coopers, the T-Rexes, and a lot of the David Bowie. T-Rex? I'm not familiar. Really? Yeah. Wow. Steve Bowen, a... Tyrannosaurus Rex. You know, bang a gong, get it on, bang a gong, T-Rex. Wow. That was good. This is like the third episode in a row you've chosen to sing. There might be a show really idea. I sing. I just said my Well, but that, that's even yeah. better. You, you take the words. But you get that little jive in your voice and you say it. I enjoy it. Well, see, I, I, I talk like I'm talking to Alejandro because he'll know who I'm talking about. And then when you do it, then it's kind of like, okay, well, we'll just kind of keep going with the flow. Hey, before we get started, I, we talked before the thing, before the show started. Yesterday morning, I got the first dose of the COVID vaccine. Ooh, you're, you're a month away from licking toilet seats all over and, town. Oh, I never stopped that. But anyway... <laughs> That thing, I got it at about 8 o'clock yesterday morning. Now, this is Tuesday. This is Monday morning, uh, about 8 o'clock. And, I mean, I was fine. I, I was, went to work. I, I got there right on time and worked all day, went home, and I put, like, this little board right around the bed breaks. and everything around the garage. <laughs> and, and everything was fine. And then last night, about 9 o'clock, my arm was getting sore, but I, I kind of expect that. It's more or less like a tetanus shot. You know, you, you know how those get sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, about 9 o'clock last night, I just started feeling, eh, I don't know, just, you know, just not good, not sick or anything. Just didn't feel all that good. So I went to bed yeah, about 9. But at your advanced age, that's not an uncommon right, feeling yeah, really. for you. You've been half dead for 25 years yeah. now. So I go to bed, went right to sleep, you know, slept through the night. I woke up. I felt like I was made out of rubber this morning. I mean, to tell you, that thing just knocked me for a loop. And I didn't feel good till about 1 o'clock this afternoon. And now it's like nothing happened. But, man, I'll tell you what, that was that was something. If you ever get that, get ready for it. Which one did you get, Pfizer? Pfizer. Speaking of things you're never supposed to say, but I'm going to say it because this is a legitimate question. They're acting like everybody getting this shot and getting sick as a dog or my wife had it, she's in healthcare, was unable to lift her arm up above her waist, let alone her head. There's all these crazy, not necessarily dangerous, but these crazy side effects. And this is supposed to be a sign this is a good thing. That means it's working. I don't remember other vaccines having done that. It kind of makes me nervous. It seems weird to me. I don't know. I know you're I not a doctor. Know. I I got a flu shot one time, God, probably 25 years ago. Got the worst case of flu I ever had in my life. I've never gotten one since. 
You know, I've never had a flu shot. I never Not will well. again. Question for you. False. Oh. C. I uh, never met Four. Her. Two. <laughs> you brought up tetanus. Do you have any cool tetanus stories from the farm? I got one from the golf course. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Original Florida man, you have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't want to steal his farm thunder, so go ahead. No, I can't even think of one. Yeah. There were so many of them, and I maybe got one or two tetanus shots. It got to the point where you just eat the rusty nail and hope for the best. Pitchfork. We weren't running to – oh, yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, constantly. Constantly stepping on nails, grabbing nails, cutting myself on tin roofs. Yeah. That was just par for the course. That's why I think I Unfortunately, had... Lockjaw never said <laughs> <laughs> That's hurtful. <laughs> yeah, you wide open. I mean, yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Tin, anyway. Tin leasing open your hand is something special. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we were building a golf course down in Durham. And not far from the maintenance facility, it was kind of like this open field, an old dirt road that went back. I was, we basically just used it for a dump, you know, old, didn't matter what it was, stumps and, you know, just everything. It's asbestos everywhere. Yeah. But no, we didn't have asbestos. Well, you should have. You didn't build it right. <laughs> it's a golf course. What are you going to put asbestos in? I don't know. Maybe it helps the grass grow. Oh, God. I like it. <laughs> I'm just trying to make the environmental people angry. They're funny when they get mad. What? Like the environmental people. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's asbestos in the flag or in the flag posts. What do you oh, call them? No doubt stick. The stick. What? <laughs> Whatever the flag's on. It's just called the flag. It's called a flag stick or a pin. Whatever pin. you want to call it. There we go. There's asbestos in the pin. There could be. You don't know there is. Fiberglass. You dolt. It sounds like asbestos. And what do they make fiberglass with? And don't Fiber say fibers and glass. and glass. I knew you where you were going, jackass. I knew it. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So anyway, we Florida had this man. dump. I mean, oh, I, you were in North I got, Carolina. I got gangs of stories. But anyway, they had this guy. His name was Ed. Hello, Ed. He was probably, the poor guy's probably long gone now. This is whew, about 35 years ago. And he was 55 then, so hopefully he's still alive. But anyway. One of your contemporaries. Yes. Yeah. Um. I had him, you know, we were doing some sod work or something. I forget what it was. We were hauling stuff up to the dump. So I'm out on um, one of the holes, and I get a call on the radio. We had walkie-talkies. They didn't have cell phones, all that stuff. Breaker 1-9. Yeah, we just had walkie-talkies, and he calls up. He says, hey, he says, I need some help up here in the dump. I said, okay. He says, uh, I said, what's the matter? Because I'm stuck. All right, we'll be up. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, how in the hell did he get stuck? Because it was middle of summer. It was dry, right? So I go up there. Stuck. And there's Ed. <laughs> I look down. See where and this there's genre a, started? there's a spike sticking up through his shoe. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And he couldn't get off of it. And it was red. Ugh. And the whole shoe was red. And this spike had gone. How he didn't feel it, but this spike, and I mean, it wasn't like a eight penny nail. It was a spike, went oh, right through so the sole of his foot up through his foot, and he was stuck to a board. And I had to stand on the board and force pull his oh. foot off of that. Oh, gross! I bet he had screaming. Had to be. Yeah, he was not liking life. No, Ugh. and you know. <laughs> He's losing his mind over here. <laughs> well, I pull his foot off. 
Well, then the blood starts running out the hole of the shoe. Well, I would think so, yes. You know, Ed, I think we really need to get you to the hospital here. I'll be all right. Tape it up. <laughs> no. Yeah, Ed's my man. Yeah. So <laughs> you need no doctor. We ended, we, we ended up taking Ed for, you know, to, you know, the CYA part of me, you know. We're taking <laughs> oh, were you, you the to boss? the hospital. Oh, yeah, I was oh, superintendent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can't just bandage no. him up and send him back I even mean, in the 70s. Yeah, he had to miss, I don't know how long, work because – Obviously, he had to get a tetanus shot or They had to stitch his foot up on both sides. Well, I he had say. nerve damage, I which fortunately say. healed. But, like, two or three of his toes were numb from then on. And it was like, that was one of the most gruesome things I've yeah, seen. That's that's not pretty. So, so what are you chortling about over there, Rum Dum? Well, between the stuck and I'm just picturing Ed standing there being like, well, this situation kind of sucks. <laughs> I could go for a beer. Yeah, so, so do you want me to finish the shift, or can yeah. I take a break? And then Briggs going over there, like, pouncing on this board and ripping <laughs> poor Ed up, blood spewing out everywhere, and Ed just being like, I just, can I'm I just... I'm picturing, did you have, like, long, have, hippie hair? Do I have to punch out to go to the hospital, or can I still hey, get paid for this? you pay me like, for the rest of the day? You know, unfortunately... I mean, fortunately, Ed was a good worker. I didn't have to worry about that. It's not like dealing with you two idiots. What is that supposed to be? That I mean, he's, that was hurtful. I mean, he's worthless, but I'm, I'm <laughs> even I was hurt at at zero capacity. I'm hurt, <laughs> but I it does <laughs> it does make me wonder. That seems a little gruesome for the stuck movies I like to watch, but there could be something in there because I've know, never I'm seen not one sure where anybody could really get into anything other than relieving pain. When you're yeah. stuck to a board with nails through Well, that's feet. what I'm thinking. Maybe not the nail, but maybe, you know, just a general... <laughs> Super glue. Just a general one foot gets stuck and yeah. what that and would look like. Between two boards, as opposed to... Yeah. A, like a railroad tie. But, yeah. but like, yeah, but yeah, just... railroad track. Oh, that would be a good one. So you'd have that little bit of suspense if the train's yeah. coming, oh, you know. Yeah. It'd kind of put the guy on the clock, if you know what I mean. You've yeah. got to wrap this thing up. And, and then the train's getting louder. Right, and you can hear it. getting a little faster. And, and then you know how the yeah. uh, the rails start to vibrate exactly. when the train's coming. That can be used to his advantage, so you don't want to hurry up, but you got to hurry up. There's hurry something up there. It's going to be the last fun thing you'll ever do. Do we have any contacts at any production companies? I think we've got something here. I'll check my uh, address book. This is uh, copyrighted material copyright, for you copyright, listeners, copyright. so don't be don't you know, be stealing this. You know, it'd be kind of neat if you could kind of roll in the old um, Dudley Do Right and Dick, you know, the uh, Snidely Whiplash sort of thing. You know, with now always tied yeah, You just the... said Dick in the middle of that for no reason. <laughs> what? What? Well, I was thinking of I was thinking of Dick Dastardly, but oh, that was okay. a wacky racers, not Snidely Whiplash. Oh, okay, so I apologize. It, it wasn't yes. a Freudian slip. No, so, no. Uh, so what were you saying? I went slip. We weren't talking about wieners, so <laughs> or Frankfurters, or Frankfurters. All right. Well, speaking of wieners and Frankfurters, I suppose we ought to take a quick break here, and then we will come back and wrap up the show. Does that does that work for you? Why not? You ready over there? Sure. I'm giving you lots of chances not to get suspended. I think the odds are down to plus 180. All right. So he's feeling confident. So we'll be back right after this. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, The Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you are sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, 
They even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com. Or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania, and tell them Flager and Briggs sent you. All right, welcome back to Chaos and Disorder. And you know what, Rick? I came up with something here before we get to the next story. You know, you talked about, you know, the Royals and how you just like to destroy London over there. I think I, would. I think I would. we ought to take our efforts and find out who the morons are that voted less than five stars. Yeah, that's for a good shot. point. Who was the a hole that dipped them point two five? That, that's what I'm it. thinking. Let's find out who that person is. I, I let's think have so. them meet us in now, front we have to of go the... back over ten years. Yeah. But let's find it, have them meet us in front of the chop shop. Let's right. put a boot in their ass. Yeah. Well, no. Let's have a hot dog. Yeah. Let's go put a boot in their ass and then go back inside and have a land yacht. I think that's what we got to do. I think that's if anybody doesn't have the chop shop at a five, you're an a-hole. Yep. It's just as simple and, as that. And don't listen to us. And hot dogs aren't even on the menu, right? Correct. I mean, this, well, is, the type of, menu. this is the type of service they provide. Evox Terrier, you're on blast. Evox Terrier. Oh, he actually found it. I thought he was doing a bit over there. Matt Smith. Matt Smith, F-U. Lucas Benson. I don't care for Lucas Benson. Scott Pfeiffer. That's certainly not uh, like yeah. Lucas McCain, the rifle. David Keppel. Okay, we don't have to go through this whole thing. I, I oh, think we, we should. We're putting them on blast, as the kids say. Jessica Crawford. Jessica, shame no on you. No review, though. They just give them one star and move on. What? Yeah. Lynn Pint. Oh. Lynn, you, you get it. Kind of a pass because your last name's Pint. Yeah, yeah. She's just angry in general. Yeah. Junior high was rough for her. Why? You can't come up with a joke for Pint. If no. you if this you have I'm to ask, talent. you'll never know. That's true. That's I don't true. know a pint of ale. Oh, for God's I mean, sake! Yeah, Hit right? it! Come on, Alejandro. I think I should get a damn yay. A yay for that? You gave him a yay? It's, it's a Sympathy. Sympathy. <laughs> but this is a perfect segue. Oh, a perfect segue. We just had royal. Do you Royals. remember this very, very sad story that I relayed to you a few years ago of the death of Snooty, the manatee? Oh, yeah. He got the, sucked up in the filter or he something. He got stuck yeah. in a tube. He, he sits above you in, what, what do you call that? Memorium. Memorium, yeah. Yes. Well, Freddie Mercury died. A long time I'm aware ago. of this, yes. Because Freddie Mercury, not not Queen frontman. Oh, there's another. The beloved Seal. Oh no. And where else? Britain. Well, shocker! They killed the, but the poor Seal. Poor old Freddie Mercury, the Seal pup, not the famed Queen frontman as I just mentioned, became something of a national treasure in Britain and beyond after appearing on a popular morning show earlier this year. Tragically, the Daily Mail reported that the well-loved seal was the victim of a quote-unquote vicious attack Ooh. by a dog oh. on Sunday. <laughs> well, were they what? just letting the thing roam down the street? <laughs> Despite rescuers' best efforts and support of the public, Freddie was euthanized hours later. 
The nine-month-old Freddy was relaxing near the River Thames in London when a dog attacked him. Oh, so he was just Photos show several pedestrians trying to intervene upon witnessing the commotion and pulling the dog away from Freddy. Then they used their bodies to guard him until medical assistance arrived at the scene. The seal sustained significant injuries, including deep lacerations to his neck and flipper. At least two people were also injured in the commotion, including vet Rachel Kirby, who was bitten on her thigh and hand. What are the chances of After he right was there? initially admitted for medical treatment, it was uncertain if Freddie's condition would improve. However, on Monday, the South Essex Wildlife Hospital released sad news regarding Freddie's health in a statement on Twitter. The flipper is very swollen, and despite antibiotics and pain relief, the seal was clearly very uncomfortable and reluctant to eat. We suspect the infection is spreading, and the other bite wounds to his body, he is very miserable, they said. At this stage, we believe the only ethical and fair option is to end his suffering. According to the Daily Mirror, now this is the part that really gets weird. According to the Daily Mirror, the incident leading to Freddy's untimely death was actually his fourth rescue. <laughs> All right, well then Freddy, he's just he got <laughs> exactly. bad luck. Merely weeks before, the seal pup had had to be hauled from the Thames at Teddington Lock after a fisherman's lure was caught in his mouth. His rescue garnered national <laughs> the attention. The animal people are going to get pissed, but this is going to be funny, I think. Freddy's flipper tag, he's been tagged, also indicated two prior rescues in Europe. First, after he was found orphaned on a beach in the Netherlands. So his parents just took one look at him and said, nah, Freddy's going to be a problem. And, and again in Calais, after contracting lungworm. Who the hell walk around looking for seals with lungworm? Well, yeah, how do you know a seal's got lungworm? Yeah, it was from Calais that Freddie made his way all the way up to the Thames. Yeah, I don't know how far that is, but we'll assume. Well, it's across the English Channel. Calais oh, okay. is in France. Oh. Did you know that, or did you have to look it up? Well, yeah, because uh, Calais was the... Calais Campbell. I know him. <laughs> no. Different okay, guy? maybe you ought to play the no-sell there. Well, it wasn't a no-sell. It was an honest question. What what is that? Did that just say we call it? Did that say what I think it said? We call it bass deference. Oh, I thought it was a G instead of an S. And what are you uh, watching over there? No, no, that was just a. I don't say that word. It grosses me out. Anyway, poor Freddie's dead. Eh, well. And we need a memorial for Freddie. Yeah. So what is it? A seal. A seal. What was uh, Snooty? A uh, manatee. Manatee. What's the difference? About a thousand pounds. Is that all it is? One's bigger than the other? Because I think they kind of look the same. No, they don't. I think it's they like do. a walrus and a manatee is the same thing. You no, know, they're not. You could convince me of that. I think <laughs> a walrus is the one with the whiskers, right? It's got like a, mus- a a mustache and those big long tusks. Oh, okay. That stab polar bears to death if they get pissed off in the water. Really? Yeah. True story. Huh? They're wicked in the water. Yeah. Well, apparently, Freddie's just bad luck. Like, I, I'm, I get, I'm sorry he's dead. You know what struck me with that story? This is something I'll always find odd. So these bystanders, while this vicious dog is attacking me, are throwing themselves on top of this seal. Meanwhile, every time I get on Twitter, 
there's just endless volumes of videos of one guy or one woman beating the living shit out of another guy or another woman, and nobody steps in to help. It's just LOL. 30 people standing around <laughs> yeah. it, recording it on their phone, yelling, yeah. World Star! I still don't even know what that means, but but they'll do that. <laughs> but, if, but if a dog takes a half a chunk out of a seal, it becomes a national story. You know about it here in so stupid right. nobody gives a shit Pennsylvania. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Do you know what Oregon State's basketball coach's name is? I should, but I'm blanking. Wayne Tinkle. Tinkle, that's right, Mr. Tinkle. I like that name. <laughs> it's like Dick Trickle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wayne Tinkle and Dick Trickle. Creighton hasn't been this far in a tournament since 74. Surprised they've ever been this far in the tournament. Oregon State hasn't been since 82. USC hasn't been this far since in 14 years. Warren Roberts has never been this far. Um... Up until the past weekend, Alabama had won one game in the past 13 tournaments that they were in. There are as many 11 seeds as there are two seeds. <laughs> there are as many 15 seeds as there are three seeds. Just little ditties for you to uh, chew on about the tournament. Yeah, Who do right. you guys have now? It's got to be Gonzaga. I got I'm going with Baylor. I went with them originally, so I'm sticking with them. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to those two. They're, they're clear. They've been the two best teams all year. You need to see it when they get in the tournament, and they they're the only two. Although Baylor struggled in their first round game for a good bit of that game, and you put see it together. that sometimes, right? <clears throat> Pitt used to be famous for that. Those few stretch stretch of years where they were getting number one seeds, and they come out and they'd be down two halfway through the second half and win by 12, you know, things like that. So that may happen. They, they looked really, really good. I mean, after what Wisconsin did to North Carolina, Baylor did that to Wisconsin. So Wisconsin's a good team. So I think it's Baylor. I think it's Gonzaga. That, that might be a coin flip. Baylor's much more athletic, but Gonzaga, that's just a good basketball team. One one little fact that I really wasn't even aware of until just recently. <clears throat> you know what team leads the nation in field goal percentage defense? Houston, isn't it? Houston, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they, they only give up somewhere in the 50s a game. That's <clears throat> a good defensive right. team. Which, which might be a good matchup for them. They're used to playing low scoring, even if they have trouble scoring against Syracuse. Although, if that. I don't like him. He's a college kid. You're not supposed to disparage college kids, but I hate Bayheim's son. If he keeps shooting threes at about a 70% clip, which I know that's an exaggeration, but feels like what he's doing, it doesn't matter. But I think that's the opportunity to shut them down and get your boy Jimmy out of the tournament, which I'd be happy to see happen. For what it's worth, I'm going with my runner-up, Oregon. Oregon? Oregon. Tell me everything you know about the Oregon basketball They are team. fast. Well, yeah, they are that. Name one player. Wilkins. I don't Cooper. Anderson. Smith. Damn it, I miss Smith. All right, can we go home? Yep. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I've had enough. So uh, I do like ACDC, though. Thanks. Yeah, why were you playing that? Was there a story, or are you just hitting buttons? No, I was going with that because Oregon's a long way to the top. We were all supposed to know that. So you started playing that, and that was going to be about Oral Roberts? Oral Roberts would be a good one. Just saying. Be nice. Yeah. Make that that money. Go with those underdogs. Might as well. You'd probably still get plus 350 on them. I wouldn't. I would think. All right, let's get out of here. Yeah, I've had enough. 
you gonna play the out music or are we gonna sit here and scratch our there it is out music so I don't know if this is a good show or bad show but I suppose it was fun Doesn't to do matter. and we had frankfurters and delicious cheese so head over to the chop shop tell them we sent you and tell them to make you tell Billiam to make you a hot dog it's fantastic we'll be back next week maybe if we don't get canceled for this show check out everything at chaos and disorder on Twitter chaos and disorder podcast at Facebook head on over to ESPN and look up chaos and disorder you can follow the carnage that is our pool somebody's gonna win the ill gotten $25 gift card and $100 of my Mac uh, FanDuel winnings. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. Thank you, rival lovers, for your outro music tonight, Snowmelt. Bye.